Hi, welcome to another broadcast of the Garth Network. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. And later on tonight, we're going to be bringing on Mr. Ben Scrivens, president of Fright Rags. But before we get into that, we uh, need to cover a little company business. Uh, what do you say, Matt? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. You know, just want to remind you folks, the brand new George A. Romero Foundation.org website has been updated. And coming up next week, it's a new quarter, which means a new newsletter. So a lot of news on the foundation, um, Outpost 5 for some of those folks. Um, bits and pieces, please sign up for the, the newsletter, uh, georgearomerofoundation.org. And also I want to remind everybody to check out our Patreon page. Uh, we have several levels of subscriptions uh, from $3 on up to 50. We've got all sorts of content planned and we've got some stuff on the way. Uh, we, we can't really get into it now, but it's, yeah. it's, we've, we've got a lot of good stuff planned. I mean, it, and it's, it's, we're getting ready to drop it, but uh, please get over there and check it out uh, when you get a chance. And the, the link is in the banner. Yes. Thank you for all your support and help. The, the Patreon helps us keep the lights on and, and keeps us bringing you content and things that you want. And especially when we start gathering together. Uh oh, did we lose Matt? There I am. Oh, there you go. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if we. I didn't know if we. <laughs> I, I didn't know if I'd. I didn't know if I'd lost you or you had lost me. <laughs> Live TV, folks. Sorry about that. Not sure, what happened? All right. Well, yeah. uh, well, but yeah, the paid. Uh, I think we we'd wrapped up that point. So I guess yeah. uh, without any uh, further ado, or actually, let's go ahead real quick. We go, while we got a second, let's uh, let's talk about our April uh, lineup of shows. We're yes. gonna be. Uh, Right now we've got three shows booked, and I think we've got some more things kind of in the bank that we're working on. But we're gonna, all throughout the month of April, we're going to be celebrating the 40th anniversary of Night Riders. Man, talk about uh, just a, a great movie near and dear to George's heart, uh, and a lot of fans revere Night Riders, and rightfully so. It's a very personal film for George stacked with a lot of the Romero family folks who have gone on to do tons of stuff that like, Hey, I know that guy. And then you're <laughs> like, Hey, I know that guy from elsewhere. And you know, it's, it's, I am so excited to sit down with everybody from night riders. I think it's finally time that film really got some of the love uh, outside of the Romero family and really showcasing, you know, one of the, Oh no! All right. Well, well, real quick on the tenth, we've got Christine Romero, uh, Mr. Warner Shook, and Randy Kovitz. Um, on the seventeenth, we're going to have Tom Savini, Mr. Tasso Stavrakis, and Marty Schiff. And then uh, to close it out, on the twenty-fourth, we have Ed Harris and Donald Rubenstein. And man, I, I really can't wait for that one, Matt. Oh my God, that's going to be great sitting down with mm -hmm. Ed Harris and and Donald Rubenstein. You know, old friend of the show. He was our first guest back on the WGON days. So it's going to be nice to do a deep dive and and they've had a friendship for forty years. That's and right. and 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 to hear Ed go long form in into Night Riders, I think this is something that I I can't express how excited I am because that is, whew, is it the twenty fourth yet? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely somebody me and Matt have wanted to talk to for shoot for 
20, 20, 20 plus years. Yeah, as yeah. long as I can remember. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, if you told me 20 years ago, I'd be talking to Ed Harris. I'd be like, get out of town. So Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can't wait for that one. Well, I guess let's go ahead and get into the main portion of the show. And let's bring on Mr. Ben Scrivens of Fright Rags. How you doing, sir? Good. How you guys good. doing? Good. Good, good to see you. Good to thanks see for you. coming thanks. on. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. And uh, I think hopefully everybody's heard about the uh, the figures that are coming out uh, in just a few. Actually, the pre-order are not coming out soon. The pre-order is starting uh, mm -hmm. on the 31st, and we're going to get into the fine details of that later. But um, you know, before we get into that, we wanted to kind of talk about how uh, Fright Rags got started. Um, it uh, started back in 2003, right? Yeah, so basically... You know, I had sort of a long story short, when I graduated high school in the 90s, I, I went to college for a year and I dropped out and then I went to work for a couple of years and then I realized I should probably go back to school. So when I should have been graduating college, I went back to college to be a graphic designer for four years. So by I had ended up graduating from college in 2002 and uh, got a job, moved in with my then girlfriend, now wife, and ended up getting another job soon after because the job I was in, I didn't like too much. But anyway, I started work as a, finally as a graphic designer and I was working for a laptop bag company, designing the website, taking product photography. It was like literally, I was the third person hired. So I was so close to the company in the sense that I got to see how it worked. It was a small business, that type of thing. But, you know, after a year of working there, I was bored. I, I liked my job, but I just had a lot of, creative steam to let off. And again, you know, we were in an apartment, we didn't have kids yet, didn't have a house, didn't have all that stuff. So I spent a lot of my free time online on message boards because it's pre-social media, pre-Facebook, all that stuff. And I'd spend a lot of time on horror message boards because I'm a horror fan. I've been a horror fan since I was a kid. So anyway, a lot of these boards, there were people that I just gravitated toward that made stuff like Freddy gloves or hockey masks or Michael Myers masks. Halloween's my favorite movie of all time, so I was always looking who could make the best fan-made Myers mask, and found a guy who I'm sure you know, Justin Mabry, who went on to start Trick or Treat Studios uh, with Chris Sefro, but back then he ran Night Owl Forums, and he made uh, fan-made Michael Myers masks and, and tons of other stuff. And I just loved the people on that board, and I would frequent it a lot, but I just wanted to do something. like I just wanted to be creative. But I, I couldn't make masks. I mean, I'd done it in high school, like in my art class and stuff. But I, I, I was in an apartment. What am I going to do? Start a studio? Like, what? Am, you know. So I'm like, what could I do? And I was just coming up with ideas as a graphic designer, just sort of putting some stuff together. And I thought, I don't really have any horror T-shirts. You know, I have, I like T-shirts. I like weird T-shirts. Like, I was always particular as a kid. Like, we'd go on family vacations and stuff, and I would always like, nah, that one's not the right one. Like, that one's the right one. And for some reason in my head, I couldn't articulate it, but I had a, a style that I liked. But I didn't have any horror shirts. And the only company around at the time, if you just Googled horror shirts or whatever, was uh, Rotten Cotton and mm -hmm. John Lewis. And he had been doing it since the 90s and stuff. And... I liked his stuff. I had no problem with it, but it wasn't really, that wasn't what I would wear. Like that's wasn't my thing. Um, I wanted, I was, I just had other ideas in my head. So anyway, I was coming up with ideas and I came up with 
this idea because what would Jesus do was so big back then <laughs> would be what would Jason do, but the J would be a hockey mask. And I thought that was yeah. In my mind, that was like humorous and clever and, and, and just made me laugh. And I looked it up and no one that I could find had ever done it. Like I could not find any post online anywhere about this. It's like, okay. And then I'm like, well, what if I took that, just that hockey mask and made it big on a shirt? Like just the hockey mask, nothing else. That would be kind of cool. And what if I did a generic Myers and said trick or treat underneath it? You know, it was really, 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 really plain stuff. But back then I was just like, that would be cool. So. Justin was so nice to say, hey, put show that stuff on my message board, see if other people are interested. And I did. I mocked it up on T-shirts digitally and showed people. And people were like, I would love to have this. I would buy this. And it was that moment that I realized I could potentially sell these to people that want them. And I, I just, I'd never really received that feedback from other people. I mean, other than like in design school when you're sitting there with three-hour critiques and they're ripping your... That's a new one, but like the product that I could make that someone wants and, you know, and so basically I, I, it was like Labor Day weekend, 2003. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out if I'm going to do it. So I had to hand code a website, which I, you know, had done only like one or two times before in like college, you know, uh, figure out how to link PayPal to it. It wasn't like it is today where you can pretty much plug and play out like, HTML, mm -hmm. the buttons had to be in the same spot as place and, you know, <laughs> and, you know all that stuff. And I would go back and forth between pages and the button would move like a pixel. I'd have to nudge it back and link PayPal to it. And then I was like, what am I going to call it? And I was thinking of all these words of horror and apparel. And I'm like, fright rags. I'm like, well, that, that works. Why not? And I bought the domain and I came up with a little logo and I just... And the biggest thing was I was sitting at my computer at work and I was going to order these shirts and I was only going to order 60 of them, 20 of each design of the three designs. And it was going to cost me like 600 bucks. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't have $600. I'm going to put it on my credit card. And here we are getting ready for a wedding. And my wife and fiance at the time was like, what are you, the hell are you doing? Like, what, <laughs> what is possessing you to spend money we don't have? What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. I'm just going to buy these and see what happens. So it was that September I put up the website, advertised it on Night Owl, and, and started selling a few shirts. And I just had fun with it. You know, it was just like, oh, what else could I do? And, and then I found a printer in town that was literally a mile away from my work that did it from his garage. So I started hiring him to do all of my work. And I would go over there after work and, and you know, get pick up shirts and go home and fold them and ship them out. And, Basically, that's what started it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that was one. Uh, I was I was curious if there was like a particular hole in the market, and so that was pretty much the hole was that it just stuff wasn't fitting your current style yeah. of stuff and, that and you it, would actually wear. Yeah, and this was you know weirdly enough, the more I look back on it, it is sort of early days of the internet, you know, and obviously there were websites you could buy online, and, and it was right post that big bubble burst of, you know, pets.com and all that stuff. But it was still kind of early on for these niche brands, you know? Um, so yeah, in a sense, there was kind of, I mean, I couldn't have articulated it back then because I didn't, I wasn't thinking in those terms. But yeah, you're right. It was sort of, for me, there was a hole in the market that I thought, I, I see something that I could do differently, not necessarily better 
in my mind, it was better because that's what I wanted, but that doesn't mean it, what else was out there was worse. It was just, I wanted something different, you know? Yeah, shirts were shirts were pretty limited back in the the late '90s, early 2000s. It was a black shirt with some silk screening. It was one or two colors, or maybe just the poster design. You could tell it was like mm -hmm. square, and you know, it it looked like it was just taken from the the computer to the printer. Um, and yeah, horror shirts used to be so hard to get, and when you found that one, sometimes you had to buy two because if I wore it out, I was gonna like never see yes. that vendor again. Yeah, because shows were not prevalent and and like you said the the internet you had to search for for t-shirts and you know like you said rotten cotton was the first one i thought of back in the day um used to buy a ton of shirts from him and but if that vendor didn't come to a show and they had one you wanted and you missed out six months ago you were you were sol man yeah um and and that was you know i remember the the early 2000s starting to discover people making stuff and putting them online and it's almost like you said it was kind of like self-serving like i want shirts like this so i'm just gonna make them yeah and and give them to others and that's you know it's a, it's a great service that a lot of folks like you guys started way back in the early days of the internet yeah and it was just fun to do like it it it's funny because i, I remember it was a couple months after i started um i my sister introduced me to her uh, accountant at the time and she's like you should probably talk to him and make sure things are set up or whatever because I, I i didn't know what the hell i was doing um and he started talking to me he's like well when you start getting a profit and blah 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 and i'm like what do you mean profit like like oh he's like when, when you start making money i'm like i didn't i'm not even thinking i'm gonna make money on this like i didn't i didn't even know what i was thinking because it was just like i just want to make this and sell it like i wasn't it was literally as, as simple as that, you know? And it, it, I just wasn't thinking in those terms yet. Cause literally, I mean, I didn't quit my full-time job until 2008. So that's five years. And I basically, every pretty much every penny went right back into the business. It wasn't like I was paying myself a salary at the time or anything like that. It was just, it was literally just a hobby job for me. Were you still holding a nine to five then at that whole time then? Yeah, so okay. from, yeah. from 2003 to 2008, wow. I was still working at that same company. And, wow. you know, basically what had happened was um, I in 2005, I started selling some shirts in the Hot Topic, which was actually a whole other thing. And, and that's a whole mess when you're doing it from your, at the time, house. And you've got 2,000 shirts to ship within three weeks. And they all have to be folded and and size stripped and put in certain boxes and you're like, Oh my God. But, uh, I realized myself, you know, basically I'm like, I, cause I was getting, I was getting to the point at my job where I was like, I kind of want to get another job. I want to do something different. Um, I mean, fright rags was not in any position that I could have ever have drawn any sort of money from it as a, you know, um, the salary I was getting at my job. So, and I, and we were going to, have a child you know what i mean so it was like this was a lot of stuff and i said you know if i woke up tomorrow and i could get another design job somewhere else in town or do fright racks for the same amount of money just take you know basically le level the playing field what would i really want and i was like fright racks all day so i said you know what then i'm not going to look for another job i'm going to stick it out here and just put all my time and energy every last second i have into this you know, until I can do it. And it really, you know, it took a few more years, but I was able to do it finally. <laughs>
soaked up all your free time, I'm guessing. Every last bit of it. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. it was, you know, late nights writing emails or doing stuff, and then it was early mornings packing orders, and then it was, you know, going on my lunch break to the post office to fill out international forms by hand and staying and waiting in line to ship those. And and my boss was I mean, my boss was super great about everything and he would let me bring in my orders because I didn't want to leave them outside of my house. Um, to be picked up by the post op, you know, by the postal guy. So he would allow me to bring an order. So he would come in in the morning and see like, maybe it was two bags and maybe it was like six <laughs> grocery bags full of just orders. He's like, you had a pretty big night last night, huh? I'm like, yeah, I did, you know, and he could see it. And he was extremely supportive of, of me. Um, I even used our warehouse to ship stuff out for Hot Topic because we had freight trucks coming and he's like, oh, what, what are we getting or what's coming? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's my truck coming. <laughs> 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 that was only for a short period of time, but he was like, hmm. And so when I called him into my office to tell him I was leaving, he's like, so when are you leaving? I'm like, oh, you know already. He's oh, like, wow. He was coming, but we're still good friends. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah, people see the, uh, the the slick website. They don't. That's the non-sexy side that you just described, the, the yeah. late nights, the, the trips to the <laughs> post office. Well, so. I, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, how to do it or how to start or whatever. And I said, listen, you know, it takes five years to become an overnight success. You know, I think Seth Godin is the one that said that. And, um, and you know, it's true. You know, I mean, it, it's it's the time, the years that nobody knew who Fright Rags was or what Fright Rags was or you had to, you know, constantly get it out there, especially pre-social media, before there was hashtags and all this other stuff. It was, it's you're pounding the pavement. I mean, you literally are like, you know, virtually going from town to town with your horse and opening up, hey, that hurts, <laughs> you know, that's what it felt like. But you do it because you love it, you know? Yeah. Was there was there a particular design or, or moment that was your catalyst to say, I'm going full time? Like, can you pinpoint that, that moment? So the full time thing, what happened was this, it was, um, it was summer of 2007. I'll never forget this. We were visiting friends and uh, my friend said, hey, uh, don't you think you can do this full time now? And I'd never, it's not that I'd never thought about it, but I didn't, I didn't know what that meant, meaning I didn't know how to figure that out, right? I didn't know the, the method, if you will, to like, how do I know I can go full time, right? So I said, this is what I'm going to do. Because back then, and Matt, you can appreciate this. Online checking accounts were 5% interest, which is like .05 right now. But like it was literal 5% interest. So there was a bank that I had no other affiliation with. It wasn't my personal bank and anything like that. But I signed up for an account. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. Because again, we were expecting our daughter at the time. And I was like, you know, what? Actually, no, she was born at the time. She was born in 2006. So this was like, I already had a kid, right? And... My wife works full time and everything. So I'm like, I'm going to take, so I had a separate account for Fright Rags, you know, money expenses and stuff like that, that the money would come into and I would pay for shirts out of and stuff. So I had a, a, a business account. So I said, I'm going to have my paycheck, the whatever I make that each week taken from Fright Rags money and going into that HSBC. It was HSBC at the time uh, account. Um, and just Every week, it's going to happen automatically. I don't want to want to think about that account. I don't want to spend money out of that account. Put my head down, keep working. And I said it, and I forget. I forgot about it. Not really forgot about it, but I didn't touch it. And that was, I think, August of 20, uh, 2007. And I just kept going and going and going. And then come around January, I realized, I'm like, my business hasn't suffered. I haven't run out of money to buy shirts or do what I need to do for the business. I've got... 
six months of income built up getting 5% interest and my lifestyle hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. And then uh, I saw a opening at a design firm here for part-time designer. It was like an entry level job that I was, well, she told me, she's like, you're probably overqualified for this. I'm like, good, because I don't, I just want something that's like 15, 20 hours a week to do. Like, it's cool. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just need, I felt like I needed something, you know? So I left my full-time job, went there part-time, but that was starting in March of 20, 2008. I only lasted to August because I had, I was too busy. Like I could not, I would get to my job and start checking on the Blackberry at the time. Emails, <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? And then, again, she was wonderful and she was very supportive of me, my boss there. And I said, I, I think I just, I think I need to do this like all in. And that was scary. You know, I, I was worried the day I woke up my first Monday of, of not having a job. <laughs> like, like for some reason I was going to just sit around in my pajamas all day eating cereal. Right. But I, I that never happened. <laughs> you know? like I was legitimately worried that for some reason, because I didn't have a job that I would suddenly not do anything, but it was like totally the opposite. Like you become so focused, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the, the, what would Jason do? It, it was a success. Uh, what was your What was your next move from there? Well, I mean, what happened was all very incremental. You know, what would Jason do? Was a success early on, and actually, funny about that design. It's it's like the design that started everything, and then that was the first design I ever got a cease and desist for because it used the trademarked Jason hockey mask. It's a question I had for later. <laughs> <laughs> so basically. I'll, if you want me to, I can get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Basically, I used the hockey mask, the Jason hockey. It was actually a part six mask that I used. And I got a cease and desist. This was in 2000, late 2005. And I was like, they said, you know, we own the trademarks of this and, that and the other thing. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to take all the trademarks out. So I'm just going to draw, a, like, change the shape, change the eyes, change everything. It basically looked like an alien. But everyone knew what it was. You could tell what it was. It's like those, those uh dollar store hockey mask you can get in September, October. You know I mean? They're like that yeah. weird. And even everyone on Night Owl was like, oh, I hate that. That sucks. I'm like, no, I get it. But I, I'm i going to try to sell this anyway. And it did great. And Hot Topic ended up ordering like 8,000 of them like two days later. <laughs> like, so that and then so that surged it again in popularity. And then it died out. And then in 2009, 2009, 2010, Judah Friedlander wore it, wore it on 30 Rock. I met him at a convention and we hung out for a bit. And uh, he's like, I want to wear some of those shirts. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then like, it was like a year later, I get an email from NBC and I had to sign all these documents and stuff. And <laughs> he wore it and orders just went. <laughs> like, it was crazy. That's so, amazing. All these lives over the years. It's been fun. Wow. That's awesome. So was that the first time someone like you, kind of started to get it that people were really digging your designs that you were get, getting more exposure? Yeah. I mean, again, it's all sort of, it happens so like slowly and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it just happens so gradual. Like I would just start to see, Oh, like if I go to a convention, you know, to set up and I'd be like, Oh, there's a bunch of people wearing our stuff. Like I, the first show I did, and I started this in 2003, it was 2005. I did monster mania in August. And I saw all these people wearing my shirts and I was like, that's, that's weird. Like, cause you, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, at the time it was literally just me. 
I'm packing every single shirt and sending everything out. And yeah, I'm seeing these things go out, but you don't, you don't, again, it was before social media, before people are posting pictures of themselves most of the time. So to see it, I was like, Oh wow, that's crazy. You know? And I don't know. It was just so incremental and to the point where, you know, there'd be little things where I, I did a video once um, and I posted it and I sent it to my newsletter and I gave like a coupon code. It was like the first time I'd really done a lot of that and all these orders came in. I was like, that's crazy. I, I Oh my God. Like I didn't expect it. So even today, like we had literally our biggest release day ever last week and we were all as a team sitting here on Slack going, what just happened? Holy <laughs> cow. It's still almost on i don't want to say it's unexpected it's, it's hard it's hard to choose the words but it's like it still surprises me every day sometimes where i'm like oh my god like this is crazy you know i mean i'm great i'm entirely grateful for it obviously but it's just like it never never ceases to surprise me when did you start getting into uh licensed products and can you remember your first license so oddly enough i started out right out of the gate um because my first license was with was within two months of me starting um fright rags and that was sleepaway camp two and three and i had um so michael i love those films i love oh, they're great <laughs> two and three are like yeah. two is one of my i mean i mean that's the poster right yeah, yeah. are like especially two is like one of my favorite slashers of all time like i love that movie so much so i had i forgot how i was always trying to get licensing not even knowing what that meant really i mean knew what it meant but i didn't know what it entailed at the time and i didn't get we didn't really start getting actual like what we would consider like real titles for i mean and, and I, of course sleepaway camp 2 is a real title but i mean like evil dead 2 and halloween and all these other things until like 2012 2011 around there um but sleepaway camp 2 i met i befriended Michael Simpson online and we'd talked and I remember him faxing the contract over to my work at the time and <laughs> he was great to work with and, and unfortunately he passed away several years ago um, and be shortly before he passed he actually you know we had a nice email exchange and he said I, I want you to have the license for however long you ever want it and here's the person to talk to or whatever and he's like just keep doing it I'm like okay thank you um, so that's actually been the longest license we ever had but it wasn't until like 2010, 2011 that I really started to be able to to, to do it and, and contact these companies and studios and start understanding what that meant. And that was huge learning curve for sure. So was um, it a lot of emails or just picking up the phone? Like, hi, I'm Ben from Fright Rags. I want a license for yeah. t-shirts or? It was, it was a lot of emails and then they would want to call. And, and it's funny because back then, I would get so nervous to talk to these studios and like talk to these people, you know, like, and you know, when they're, you know, licensing can get really expensive, but it's also just a lot of, you know, and these contracts can be 20, 30 pages and there's a lot of stuff. And if you're not, if you don't really get it, you can, you know, you can miss some things and not that they're going to screw you, but like there's, you just gotta, you gotta look through things and understand it. And with each contract it got, more complicated like oh what does that mean and then you have to google that term or ask somebody and it was constantly trying to figure out what these things meant so i understood what i was getting into but um i mean it's been great i mean I, we've really been fortunate to work with a lot of great studios and people and, and titles so you know can't complain uh and then can you remember the first uh romero product you licensed yeah so 
Romero uh, what was great about that is uh, I met his manager at the time, Chris, uh, back at one of my first shows. And he's like, listen, I, I manage George. I manage a few other people. I'd like to work with you on some shirts. And the first shirt for, for his crew I had done for Charles Cyphers, which was awesome because, again, Halloween being my favorite film. But, of course, Romero, I'm like, he's like, can you do some shirts for, for George? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, worked with this artist named Monk One, who's an amazing artist. He did this shirt called um, Godfather of Living Dead, and it was in the same logo font. And, uh, you know, he's like a zombie, and he's like reaching out. And he, George sold that at shows for several years, he would order from us. And um, there was a couple other ones we did. There was a signature shirt. There was a George Romero for President. I think that was for 2008. Um, and we did a few shirts to basically directly, you know, we did Fast Zombies Suck. Um, all the shirts that we didn't sell on our site, but we they were directly exclusively for George. Um, so that was really the first uh, time that I got to work with him directly. Um, and it was totally a dream come true. It was amazing. It's incredible. We've got a lot of questions about uh, the uh, Dawn licensing. Uh, here's one from... Right? says uh what was the process like for licensing dawn of the dead merchandise through new amsterdam entertainment oh, yeah so i and to update everybody who is asking about dawn we did have the dawn of the dead license we are in negotiations to renew and we have been for over a year now um it's just been taking a while and i think they had i don't really know the full details but i, I think there's been some internal structure changes on their end um it's, it's not some, it, listen, I'm ready. I'm totally down, I'm ready. Here's the money, here's sign wherever. I'm, I want it to do more stuff because it's done well for us. I want to do more Dawn stuff. I love that movie. Um, it's just, we're waiting. We're just, we're just waiting. It's same thing with the UK shipping, which somebody mentioned, we're still waiting. Just, <laughs> just waiting. Like it, there's only so much you can do, you know, it's in your control. So as soon as the day comes that we're able to do more Dawn stuff, believe me, we'll be doing it. Mm -hmm. Good to know. That was one of my questions for later anyway, knowing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and get the other one out of the way. Where, where's the bruiser products? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, George, you know, George actually premiered bruiser right here in Rochester. So we have the George Eastman um, house and they also have archival. Um, they, they archive just tons of films there because um, it's a school. And George kept a lot of his personal film here. And on, was it 1998, he premiered Bruiser here. And I got to go see that premiere with George in attendance. And I, I remember asking him a question in the audience that night, uh, never knowing that I would ever get to meet him in person or work with him or whatever. But uh, it was pretty awesome. That was a highlight at that point. Yeah, he showed that on a VHS the first night I met him at a, a small gathering at Westchester University. He was like, oh, I was going to show Knight, but here's my new one, Bruiser. And I was like, <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, finally, I get to see this movie that I've been, you know, reading about because you had to read about it in Fangoria or, yeah, or right. find a message board. And yep. yeah, so, yeah. But, you know, again, I'm wearing the shirt that she did for George. And, and I was super excited when I looked in there. I was like, there's the Bruiser mask. I'm done. So yeah. excited. You know, it was like yeah. everything else is great. But get that Bruiser mask in there. Yeah. And that was that was <laughs> wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Duncan has a question. Uh, love to know what movies started your love of horror and what movies he saw in a, or 
saw on his first t-shirts. Sorry. So, I mean, my, the night that started my love of horror was October 30th, 1981. Cause that was the night I got to see Halloween for the first time. And I was only four and basically it was the, the, the TV premiere of the film um, on network TV. on I think it was, was it NBC Friday night movies. Oh, um, so you saw the TV cut. I saw the TV cut yeah. and we were at a friend's house. I think we were having like a Halloween party or something. Cause I feel like I remember being in costume. Um, but anyway, we it was typical 1981. My brothers and my sister are off with their family, friends, whatever. My parents are talking to their parents. And I'm like, Mom, I want to go home. And she's like, go watch TV. You know, just like <laughs> sit in front of the, the, the TV. And I did. I sat down, like probably two feet away from the TV, turned it on. And then the movie started. It was like 8, eight o'clock, right? And I just sat there and watched the whole thing. And I it left a mark on me. You know what I mean? Like it just... I think I was too young to even be scared of it so much as I was fascinated. I got scared of it later on as I got older, but like, I was like, what is this person in this mask and coming through the closet and like, what's happening? Like, this is, you know, for a four year old, that's pretty crazy. Um, and that literally like from then on, it was like, okay, what, and then that's when movie stores started, you know, home video stores. And it was like, what has a mask and is killing kids? Like, what's who's got a mask on? Who's killing kids? Just give me those things. You know, mm -hmm. I want yeah. it. Yeah. It's another question. Uh, did you have a uh, holy grail property that you'd love to get the license for? Yes. I mean, obviously, I think the for us, the elephant in the room really is Friday the 13th and a nightmare on Elm Street. Um, a lot of the stuff that Warner Brothers has, it's been really hard to get in there. Um, and uh, and with Friday and even Nightmare, there's been some um, some lawsuits that have affected and impacted those licenses. Yet there are definitely other companies putting things out, like figures and other stuff. And um, but it, it's so hard. And we've done Friday the Thirteenth stuff in the past that it was unlicensed. We did it for like three days, and that was back when we weren't really doing as much licensed stuff. And we would just kind of be like, oh, Friday Thirteenth, here's a shirt, but. Several years ago, I said, you know what? I would personally, because we were doing so many licensed things at the time. Now everything's licensed. But like back then, it was like sort of somewhat of a mix. I was like, you know what? I just don't want to do any more of that until we can get the license and say, no, we are actually doing Friday 13th stuff. It's not just we're doing Friday 13th. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, listen, some films, there are just some films that you, the light, rights are in such limbo that we've done it before we're like we'll put it out there and if someone wants to come to us great we can get a deal you know um that doesn't happen often but within the case of something like friday it's like we know who's got it it's just we haven't been able to get it yet but i just didn't you know i i prefer to wait so to me that's holy grail i mean halloween would have been the holy grail but we've had that for a while now and and, and luckily so so i mean now everything's just gravy <laughs> Yeah, you guys, you guys are pretty synonymous with Halloween. I mean, there's not a monster mania or a chiller that I walk through that I don't see a hundred folks wearing a fright rags Halloween shirt. And you know the work you guys do with you know, especially like Justin Osborne putting that mm -hmm. stuff out um, is just top notch. And and I think that's that's great that you guys are giving fans such variety uh, with a film that you know folks own hundreds of pieces of memorabilia and dozen t-shirts and then you come out with a new one and people are like, I need another Halloween shirt uh, to wear and they can wear a Halloween shirt every day for a month and never repeat. <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> 
you know, yeah. and, that, and that's wonderful because we grew up. I mean, all of us, you know, grew up in that era wishing we had all of that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and now we do with folks like you. Well, thanks. I mean, I, I appreciate that because especially speaking of Halloween specifically, the day I'll never forget it. The day I signed the deal it was finally done. And, and this this deal had been in works for almost eight years. <laughs> and I remember inking the deal, sending it in and I came home from the office that day and I went out in my backyard and I had a cigar and like a bourbon or something sitting there and I was like, I got Halloween, this is the moment. And I go, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, what what can we do with this film? Like, it was almost like, um, like I, I'm so close to that movie. I don't even, you know, at the time it was almost like writer's block where you're like, what do you do? Like, that hasn't been done or what's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we got over that pretty quick. And in the beginning, our license for that was pretty limited. We could only do like two shirts or three shirts at the time. But then when we re-signed and uh, we have a great relationship with the studio. So, I mean, we've been very fortunate where I can kind of be like, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. And they'll be like, yeah, go for it. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, so it's been great. And that's why, like, especially with Halloween, like, it's like, ooh, I want to do that and then you know we get to do it or sometimes it gets you know it gets rejected which is fine you know we, we're always throwing things at the wall but it's fun to be able to do what's it like working with with some of the artists about some of these collabs like a justin osborne or an ian fetterman who does the pumpkins for you mm -hmm. uh what's that process like to to kind of get their you know your ideas to them and then what they want to put in can you talk about that a bit sure yeah so it's 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 different for every person and it's different for every job so like Justin Osborne's a great example. He's pretty much our flagship, one of our kind of two flagship people that we work with on a regular basis. So Justin, what I've always appreciated about him is he's got a very, he's got an amazing style, but he's very good compositionally. He can put things in an image and, and he just gets it. So with him, depending, so each license might have its own limitations. So for example, um, something like Night of the Living Dead, we can do all likenesses. We have the okay to, and the permission to use people's faces. But when you get into movies like, this is a good example, Halloween 1 versus Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is owned by Universal Studios. Halloween 1 is owned by Compass International. Okay, Halloween 1, we have all likenesses. We can do pretty much what we want as long as it's approved. Halloween 2, can't use anybody. Can't use Jamie Lee Curtis. Can't use uh, um, Donald Pleasance. Can't use anybody from that movie except for Michael Myers. Hmm. So you can maybe do this and this and shadows and stuff. Um, but as long as I give Justin the stipulation, I kind of just let him roll. I said, just go for it. And he'll send back a sketch sometimes. And once in a while, I'll be like, that's awesome. But what if we did this? Or what if we did this? Most of the time, he kind of nails it first time. And I'm like, I love it. I love working with people that have a vision and they can execute it. But at the same time, we definitely like, there have been times where I've come to Justin, like classic examples, Jaws, we were trying to figure out what to do. Can't do any likenesses because it's universal and we can't just have 20 shirts with just a shark on it. And we were sitting around kicking around ideas. And I said, what if we have that famous scene where Brody is slumming the chum and he's looking away, but we're shooting it from the shark's mouth. So that way you've got black around for the shirt, but he's already got to look away anyway but you're, from, you're coming from the sharks, you see the teeth. So I ran into my office, I sketched it out for Justin, I took a picture of it, sent it off to him, and I said, this is what I'm looking for. But it was like such a basic, like, yeah. this, this, this. And he turns around and makes this masterpiece, and I was like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so it's, it's collaborative, but I do like the artists that we work with. I like working with them because they have a unique vision and style. And I like to see that we're kind of curators of that, you know, like, yeah, we might come with a, an exact idea of what we want or need, but there's also other times where I'm like, I want to see what you would do. Like, I'm curious, here's the limitations, but what would you do? You know? Mm -hmm. Have you um, ever been approached to, or maybe done this in the past, but getting involved with films at the release level, uh, theatrical uh, products? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, a few times actually. It's it's interesting. We got a call. I'll never. It's funny. It was a couple, what, three years ago now. We got a call at the office, and I remember I, I wanted to go see a Quiet Place had just come out or something, and I hadn't seen it yet. I think it had been out a week or two, and Paramount called us, and they're like, "Hey, you want to do shirts for this movie?" And I'm like. I'll be right back. I got to go see it first <laughs> and be there to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, we would like to get the license. And that does come up to us. I mean, there's definitely, um, we get approached for a lot of different films. Sometimes some indie films that are coming out, they're like, oh, we'd love to do a shirt with you. And, and we try to fit those in where we can, depending on the property. It's really hard, especially now we've been so busy. I, it's, I've had to turn down a lot of different projects because I'm like, I, I don't have time for it. But there have been some other higher profile um, movies that I thought would be a good opportunity. Um, like for example, you know, MGM came to us for the new Candyman film last year and they said, we'd like you to do shirts. I mean, that would be amazing. Obviously I got pushed off to this year, but you know, we signed a deal. Same thing with the new Halloween films. It was like, you know, Halloween kills. Yes. And Halloween ends. Yes. <laughs> we'll be a part of it. So it, it does happen. Awesome. <laughs> And I wanted to ask uh, how you know COVID nineteen has affected your business structure. How how is that? Uh, well, how have you had to adjust, and how how has that been? Um, in the beginning, we were all really scared, just like everybody. I mean, when we when New York announced the pause, um, that was what March twentieth, I think. We were scared because I didn't know what that meant in terms of if, if it would because we're we're in our own building, we're isolated. It's not like we share a space with lots of people, but I didn't want to get fined or go to jail or something because we mm -hmm. the work, you know, and at the time, you know, nobody knew what was going on and who was going to check on this or people knocking on doors, like what's happening. So that first sort of weekend, it's weird. I did this Instagram live story or story, just kind of talking to people like, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just keeping people updated. We might not even be able to be back in the office. I don't know. And it's weird because orders started really dropping and I was like, okay, what happens now? What do we do? How do we plan for this? What are we going to do? And there was PPP money I could sign up for and SBA thing and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, within like two weeks or a week, maybe, we realized, okay, we can have one person in there at a time and we can have the sanitizers and all that stuff. We'll split shifts. Everybody else works from home. You know, we'll sanitize everything. We won't even be in contact with one another. Um, and we, you know, read the protocols and I contacted the state to make sure that was okay and all these other things. And, uh, then it exploded. And basically, we've been running around uh, with our hair on fire since then. Because last year was our biggest year ever, by far. And it has not stopped. I thought, okay, we're going to ride into 2021. But Q1's always slower, traditionally always slower for us. It has not been the case. It's actually, we've more than doubled our business this Q1 than last year. Um, so it has been amazing because of the business, but it has been a struggle and a challenge to keep up and, and, and keep it going because uh, we've still got a lot of things to release. But 
when you when you have a schedule and you're releasing things and you kind of have it dialed into what to sort of expect and then things completely over exceed your expectations now you're bottlenecking but you still have these releases coming up so you're like oh boy it's like a flood coming in <laughs> it's just like you can't stop it which is awesome but at the same time scary and that's what we're kind of dealing with right now it's amazing it's awesome and i i wanted to what was your first because now you you guys are into you know socks uh jammy pants trading cards and you know we'll talk about it later the figurines that uh that are coming out but um what was your first venture into non-t-shirt uh products Ooh, that's a good question um so we did t-shirts for a while i think I'm trying to think we did hats a little bit like very like early on not early but like late 2000s early 2010s uh we did a couple of different hats that seemed to sell well but i could never really get a good uh, I just couldn't open that channel up too much until I had a friend of mine, my friend Steve um, Roman, who's I met actually through Instagram. He's a customer of ours. He ended up being able to then kind of work for us freelance to do a lot of the hat design. He comes from that world. So it was like, that's awesome. And that really opened that channel wide open. Um, socks came around 2014, 2015. I remember going to licensing show in Vegas and there was some manufacturers there and I saw socks and like, can you do like, like you do custom socks? Like, yeah, I'm like, ooh. So like we started thinking that way. And and even the lounge pants were like, I had a pair of lounge pants my wife bought me that were like the most comfortable things ever. And I'm like, well, what if I had these? They're just black. What if I had them with like Night of the Living Dead or Halloween or, you know, whatever. And I found a factory and, and got samples and started working with what material to use and all that. So yeah, I would say maybe a few hats earlier on, but then socks were probably the first thing that was like not, well, I guess pins too. They're enamel pins, you know, uh, we started getting to, was it like 2014, 2015, you know, as, as that kind of blew up, we got into that too. So um, that was probably the first few items we did. No, thank you for the socks. I love wearing mine to work almost every day. They're great. They don't, you know, I don't get yelled at because the socks don't take up room in my closet and I can get away with them most days. And people are like, what are on your socks? I'm like, oh, look, here's Jordy Vero or something. You know, it's just it's and a that's conversation piece. For. Like we had a lot of people. I had uh, this woman, she was a uh, police officer and she sent me a picture and she's like, listen, I have to wear this uniform so I can't wear shirts all day, but I can wear the socks. And she was wearing like our predator socks or something I'm like that's awesome. <laughs> was was there any hesitation branching out into socks and you know because you guys do lunch boxes um mm -hmm. and some other stuff was there any hesitation or is there any any kind of apparel or something that you guys want to do that you haven't quite gotten to yet yeah i mean i definitely have a list of ideas that we're working on um there's been a couple of things that I wanted to do this summer that are going to get pushed back because of time right it's just all timing and, and i want to make sure when we do it we come out of the gate doing it right. You know, we, there's always, you know, we can always tweak. We've tweaked the lounge pants here and there. We've tweaked things, but um, I want to make sure that we put the effort and the the love and the care into it so we can really put out a quality product as opposed to just rushing something. Um, there's nothing. So there's definitely a few things on my list that we're going to get to eventually. Um, we just haven't yet. Um, and it's weird because, you know, you, a lot of things we do, Sometimes they're one and done. We try to open it as a big pre-order and let people order as much as they want. And then we kind of, it's kind of one and done. We can't carry these things like all the time. Like lounge pants are a little bit different, but like the Haddonfield varsity hoodie, that was an idea that we had conjured up 
one day and I thought that would be cool. And it had like the chenille patch H and then the Haddonfield chenille patch on the back. It looked really cool. And we had only, you know, we made a certain number of them that sold out, boom, like in a minute on Halloween. And I was like, I think we have to do this again. And so we did an open pre-order last year and sold like way more than I ever expected. Then people are constantly asking for that to come back, but we have other ideas for new ones. So then it's like, do we bring back that one? Do we do a new one? Like what? It starts to jam up. <laughs> like, what do, we, what do we do? Cause there's demand for the old one, but then there's new ones we want to put out. So it's like, I, I don't know. So we try to, we try to play it like a set list. You know what I mean? Like, let's try this one now and then we'll do this one later and move this around. So, yeah, I mean, it's, but it, there is always hesitation, right? Like even with the figures and stuff, I don't, when people say you should have made more and we get that a lot, like if we sell out of something, you should have made more. I always ask for the crystal ball because I don't have a crystal ball. If you have one, awesome. Tell me exactly the number name because, you know, what I don't understand is we never know. And that's why we try to now do is like, especially for things like the Nano Force and Lunchboxes is do an open pre-order for a set number of days just so people have a chance to get it. I don't want to piss anybody off by by selling out of something in two seconds, that's not my goal. But in some cases, we only have a limited number, and that's what it is. And to get more is going to take seven, eight months. You know, so it's hard. Or could there even be potentially a case where you're just contracted to that number? And it could be, uh, or yeah. you know, in the case of like, like even the Halloween Nano Force, that was going to be for another uh, project, but COVID happened, so we decided to just sell it direct and we had that number made we it would we wouldn't have been able to that was already a done deal i didn't think we would sell it in literally 10 minutes you know what i mean we had 2500 units that were gone 10 minutes gone oh. like um oops and now they're selling for 150 dollars on ebay which is ridiculous by the way and i don't you know it's it's flattering to one end but i don't want anybody to ever pay those prices which is why we're releasing a second edition um this year and we're gonna swap some things around so people will still be able to get it but we want to be able to meet the demand that's out there. Um, it's always going to be limited inherently. Like we're never just going to constantly re-release things all the time because we just physically can't. But I want to give people a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to just like be like two seconds and it's gone and you can never get one, you know? Right. Has there ever been a shirt that or a product that surprised you like, oh my God, this thing is more popular than anyone anticipated? I mean, honestly, I think... I, I would go back to the Halloween Nanoforce and because, and the reason why I love the Nanoforce idea when, when Joe brought it to me and I know we'll be getting into that in a little bit. Um, but what I didn't expect, I mean, listen, it's Halloween. We, there's tons of fans for Halloween, just like there are for night living dead and other popular titles. I get it. And I thought we had a really quality product, but at the same time, I also understood there were other Halloween things out there, figures and, and other stuff people could buy. And these are literally, you know, one color, the two inches. I mean, it's supposed to be like that. It's like the old army men. But I, I didn't know if 2,500 would be like, what's that number? I could, you know, are we going to sell that many? I mean, and these factories have minimum order quantities. You can't, I can't buy another 200 if I needed to, or I, can, I can't just buy 200 if I wanted to. I have to buy thousands of these things. So there's like, uh, I'm hoping we hit, I'm hoping the market likes what we're doing enough that we can make this many because otherwise we have a bunch of stock we can't sell, you know? Um, and even like the figures, like the Joe Bob figure we did last April, when we first put that out, I didn't know what to expect. 
And that first one of the blue shirt, we made a thousand of, and they were gone in minutes. Like, boom, just gone. And I was like, whoa. So that's why we brought the, the we did the red shirt in August, and we made that an open-ended pre-order. And those sold like crazy for that weekend. So we're bringing that back next month, too. So it's nice. uh, just trying to keep keep up with the demand. Yeah. Don't underestimate Joe Bob. What's that? <laughs> Don't underestimate Joe Bob. Oh man, he's the best. Like I'm so I, I'm I, he's 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 amazing. He's a great yeah. guy. So I'm, I'm happy to to be working with him. Nice. <laughs> well, what do you say, guys? You want to go ahead and uh, bring on Joe Senna of uh, Fourth Castle? Yes. Let's talk about let's these. Uh, let's go ahead and bring on Joe. How's it going, Joe? Hey, Hi, hey, Joe. Uh, thank you for having me. This this is uh this is an honor. Um, I'm I'm gonna geek out a little bit. You know, uh, Night of the Living Dead was one of my first horror films, and um, you know, this this is my all time favorite horror film. So it's it's nice to kind of be in the sandbox. No, <laughs> love it. Love the love the dawn. Love behind you with the the second sight box set, and I can see the board game, the Iron City can. There you 1978 go. 1978 vintage. Yep. Still have the pop top on it. Yeah, the trick yeah. is there's a guy out there who must have a bunch of them. They they uh they do the bottom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they do that. But uh mm-hmm. you know, we you could do the whole you know, I'm a man <laughs> thing, you know. That's right. So but thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we want to we want to discuss the uh Nanoforce Night of Living Dead figures that are gonna go up for pre order on March thirty fourth thirty first, and the pre order will last until April fourth correct that's cool yeah we learned our lesson with halloween and yeah. and and ben so i guess you, you you've blown the surprise now right you've announced that we're doing it doing it again what's that halloween yes yes, yes. okay yeah. so <laughs> well if that's not already out there then that's gonna that's it gonna wasn't please, that's it gonna wasn't. please a lot of people I've, I've been teasing it to different people oh, you different... have well i've just... all I've been telling people is just don't save your ebay money that's all no, yeah, well, I, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I've been telling people. I've said, listen, we are planning on because even right from the beginning, I was like, listen, we're working on ways to do a second edition. Just mm-hmm. give us a chance. And so I've been sort of just, just there's no date set. I mean, well, I haven't set the date. We have the date internally, but I haven't set the date. Um, or anything. I know this isn't. I know this isn't the John Carpenter podcast. Yeah, right. But, we get uh, it. We, <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to say, it's like, so can I officially say that now? Great. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. And and was it that Halloween set that kind of led into this uh, this Night of Living Dead set? Talk about that a little bit. The well, the the genesis of of our doing the Halloween set, first of all, which started it with with Ben was you know I've known Ben since uh, that first Monster Mania convention, <laughs> and Ben has a funny story he could tell you about how we met. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, uh, we've known each other for a while. Uh, we, we've been doing action figures, fourth castle under the brand MC toys has been doing action figures since 2004. Uh, we started initially with Mego style, uh, contractually obligated not to use the M word. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we started doing those types of figures, um, for a while. And then we started doing army men figures. Uh, when the recession hit in 2008, 2009. And uh, the genesis of us working with Ben was our distributor came to us and said, 
we want to start doing army army men figures of some of these horror properties. Uh, our uh, my buyer, our our respective friend Eric Watson over at uh, um, Diamond Comics uh, is a huge horror fan. He's like, you know, I want to do a a Halloween box set. I'm like, okay. This is before Ben and I started talking. I went out um, and I bought some Halloween licenses, and I'm a little older than you guys, so I'm not aware of how popular each particular sequel is. So. Um, I signed a license for, I think it was Halloween 97 to 230. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, I, I show up I show up one day with a mock-up of a box really for Halloween 6. And, and really all it was was a couple of Michael Myers figures and a whole bunch of generic victims. You know, the jock, the, uh, uh, the nerd, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, okay, hey, it's slashers versus victims. And Eric looks at me and he says, come on, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to work if it's not going to be the original. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to get the original? I mean, that's probably going to cost a lot of money. And um, I think that's when, and, and we've, we've had some success with licenses. I personally don't like licenses. It's a very scary, ugly, disgusting business. I was in for 10 years before. Um, so I went to Ben and I said, dude, you know, the Halloween guys think we could pull this off. So, couple of phone calls later suddenly um it was happening um so we had that prepared for toy fair in february of 2020 yeah. it was uh we had a booth it was our first time at toy fair in a long time and uh we had all these nano forces a whole bunch with uh, with ben um and uh a whole bunch of video games and stuff like that and buyers from target and best buy and all these other guys were coming in and say yeah we want this i'm like Great. This is awesome. 2020 is going to be our best year. And then <laughs> so we were, so, I mean, we were never supposed to sell them on our website. That wasn't going to be the no. distribution channel. I was, that was your we idea. Acting as the, the licensee of it with, and then, you know, with fourth castle, obviously with right. Joe, but we were putting our little spin on it with our artwork and stuff. So it looked a little bit more like a fright rags, fright rags product, product. but it was all really just a conduit for Joe to sell into Diamond so they could sell into big stores. And we were just sort of hitching onto the trailer of that, essentially. Well, I'm glad you look at it that way. I felt like I was hitching onto yours um, <laughs> because, you know, you, you say, you know, what horror licenses do you have, Ben? And he just sends you to the website and you just, you know, look at all the <laughs> lists. I'm like, I'd really like to do a thing, Nanoforce. You know, Ooh. um, that's just a wish. So, um, so it was, and, and since we got along, it, it just was a natural thing. We were going to do it, sell it to diamond. And we were going to split the profits mm -hmm. yeah. after COVID hit. Everybody was kind of wandering in the wilderness and, uh, Ben, um, and Arik from, uh, from diamond and Nick Murray from a company called fan wraps, um, of the, uh, baby Yoda on board, uh, sticker fame. Um, <laughs> We just decided on Fridays we were going to sit around and just start talking about what the hell we're going to do. And then um, when was it, uh, Ben, when you said, when I said, how's your business doing? And you said, well, I'm having a year full of Black Fridays. Yeah, was, <laughs> I think that's that how you put it. Time. It could have been April because that, it really, it was that really fast. The pandemic started. It really just kind of went like that. Yeah. Pretty so soon. that's when um, we were starting to, we were, you know, we weren't having a year like that. And uh, that's when Ben said, you know, why don't I just buy this stuff from you wholesale and then sell it 
on my website because I sell all my stuff direct to consumer anyway. And I'm like, okay, well, our MOQ is 2,500. You know, do you think that people are going to buy 2,500 of these things? And, uh, you know, the, the punchline of that joke. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was a, that was a nice surprise. What happened was um, I, we were all nervous promoting the hell out of this thing. And then when the thing finally went live at noon, I decided I wasn't going to look at the internet. I was going to give it a day or two. Ten <clears> minutes <throat> later, uh, there's a text from Ben, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck! These things. It, it's just, it's just tumbleweeds." And he says, "We're sold out." Wow! I've been in this really? business. I've been yeah. this in this business since they invented plastic, <laughs> and uh, I've never had anything sell out in in ten minutes. So, um, so that was a. That was a good and a bad problem. The good problem was they sold out. The bad problem was because we said 2,500 units, kind of gave the impression it was a limited edition. So here are all these people buying it because they're thinking it's a limited edition. And it's like, well, gee, if we knew how many more people were out there, we would have made more. So it's like, how do we do this without screwing the people who, were, who bought the original version? So Ben will speak to that since he let the cat out of the proverbial bag. <laughs> and again, like with the, we ended up doing with the lunch boxes, and now with Night of Living Dead stuff, is you know, and we've done this before where we just allow orders to come in. We do a limited time pre-order as opposed to limited number pre-order, and that does allow for people to get in on it over the course of five, maybe even seven days. You know, for almost basically a week, where you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn just to get in on there. You know. Um, you want to go ahead, but as long as you order within those five to seven days, you're good. And then that does cap it off for us because we can then say, okay, that's how many we need. We'll be order extras, of course, but that gives that allows us to say, okay, factory, do this. Because we can't, at least for us, we just can't keep that open-ended and rolling. We have to cap it because we have so many other things going on. Um, it, just like the Halloween lunchboxes, we have so much demand for those right now once they all get shipped out to customers, the extras that we have will probably go in, in less than a minute at this point. But I'm and you're, you're not even counting the ones that we have on that boat in the Suez Canal. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, those might because there was somebody asking when you know when am I getting mine, and I was going to just you know point them to the the lower end of Africa where all the other boats are going. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> they're not. That's <laughs> not the truth. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. Um, but yeah, so Night Living Dead, you know, the lunchbox and the Nano Force, I'm like we're going to do this as an open-ended pre-order for five days, you know, and same thing with the next Halloween nanoforce that we do, we'll do the same thing. And any other lunchbox or nanoforce that we do or figure release. So anything that requires that kind of production and timeline and things, we have to do it that way with shirts. We can be a little more nimble. We can be like, we're going to make, you know, maybe a couple hundred shirts, but if they sell out in a couple minutes or an hour, we can kind of shift and put them on pre-order and make more because the printers are right down the street from ours. So we can kind of shift, but with stuff like figures, that's a, that's a harder one to do. And it's, mm -hmm. it's the reason why we're in figures is because we started as a t-shirt business um, up the hall uh, at monster mania from some young bunch of punks who were making uh, their own t-shirts Um and selling them better than we were. So uh, we decided, you know, maybe we should get out of the t-shirt business. And uh, that's when we started producing the, um, the, uh, the action figures. Uh, we had started initially, we brought back that, um, that uh, format. In 2005, we did 
uh, we recreated the old Star Trek. Uh, I mean, you guys were all probably too young to remember this stuff, but you know, this company was the action figure company in the 1970s. And we, um, uh, because I was a Star Trek licensee in a, in the past life, I connected some dots. We did Star Trek, um, planet of the apes. Um, and then, you know, a whole bunch of figures like that. And, uh, night of the living dead, you know, uh, the reason we, we got into night of the living dead, I, am I tracking by the way? Cause you were like, how did we do night of the living dead with Ben? And I'm going all the way back to, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking yeah. notes and leaving breadcrumbs. Fine, thank you. Yeah, we're okay. good. Yes, please feel free. Feel free to say so. If you get lost, three times if you're too far out. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. The first time. Well, you know, you got that private chat thing. I'm waiting for someone to say stop talking. <laughs> um, when what happened was uh, I, you know, as a as a fellow growing up reading Famous Monsters magazine, that eventually Fangoria. But you know, of course, my I was of the age where my friends were the ones running Fangoria at the time, so. Um, that wasn't really my, my thing. I was the old school monster movie guy, but Night of the Living Dead was very different. Um, and I had seen it on TV the first time. Uh, it's funny because it turns out Jim Serenella and I discovered we were watching it at exactly the same moment uh, in 1975, where they used to put, when they did the close-up of Charles Craig uh, mm -hmm. t uh, talking about you know, the, the, the uh, epidemic, they would flash something called that did a dramatization. Dramatization. Uh, that's uh, right. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I never told you this. I thought I told no, you this. I don't think I knew that. And that was the scariest thing to me. I'm 12 years old. I'm in um. Whoops. Age. Uh. And um. <laughs> and my my parents are out of the house. And I'm watching this thing in a dark room. It says a dramatization. And what scared me the most about that picture was the fact that there could be people out there believing that this kind of nonsense is happening. But that that was a big thrill for me. Um. So. Later on, as I got to know more about this stuff and I discovered about the whole public domain debacle, um, the law is a hobby of mine. And I, uh, I did some digging. And when I realized there was nothing we could do to help them out with, um, uh, with the copyright, I looked up to see whether or not the title had ever been trademarked for merchandise. And there was one guy who had the, uh, the trademark and it was for a beer company. So for $375, I trademarked um, T-shirts, action figures, and I don't know how many other things uh, with two purposes in mind, one of which was primarily to get Kyra Schoen some money because she was all over every damn T-shirt everywhere and she wasn't seeing a dime. And then, of course, there was the whole Indiana Jones and the Temple of uh, – uh, and the uh, uh, last, Lost Crusade last – Cruci what was the third one? Last Whatever. crusade. <laughs> it was the whole this belongs in a museum kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. It was like, I want to take this trademark and I'm going to drag it in, in chains to the folks over at Image 10 and say, Look <laughs> what I have brought thee. And um and that's uh that's how we got to know the folks at Image 10. And that's that's a whole nother story, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. But we said we're making these action figures. Why don't we do Night of the Living Dead? So we did, um, we did Ben, and we did uh, the great, uh, excuse me, the cemetery ghoul, as I now know he's called. Um, but I don't have any of him because he sold out, so I don't even have one. But I do have the original prototype from way back. Oh, you can. Oh, thank you for zooming in. Um, 
So this is this is the the original prototype of uh, the graveyard ghoul. As you can see, we didn't even realize we were supposed to tear the shoulder. So those were the first two that we did, and uh, and they sold out. So you know, Night of Living Dead is something we've wanted to get back into for a while. Um, Ben, of course, has gone out and done everything uh, with Night of the Living Dead. Um, so once we were done with these uh, particular types of action figures, then, uh, you know, we were done. Um, when he brought up, hey, why don't we do Night of the Living Dead as Nanoforce? After Halloween had, uh, you know, come out, we were, we were thrilled. Uh, but we were like, how are we going to do that? It's a black and white movie. You know, how are we going to color the figures? And... Before we did horror stuff, we followed the old army man style where the good guys were one color, the bad guys were another color. We discovered with Halloween that wasn't going to work, so that's why we mixed everybody up in orange and black. So this is a black and white movie. So we decided we were just going to do Shades of Grey. Now, I realize you haven't even shown any of these things yet, have you, Ben? Not yet. We're no, holding on to you. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm waiting for the shut up, Joe. Yeah. Let Ben show them. <laughs> You're setting it up. So anyway, we have some prototypes. Ben? Yes. So I, we got the prototypes um, today, no, yesterday. And uh, I can show you these, but these are the prototypes. So the colors are different, and but the sculpts are exactly the same. So, I mean, we've got John Russo right there. Jack Russo gets an action figure. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, I know I'm messing up with the camera here, but you can see him. It, these things, so these are two inches. Mm -hmm. The detail on these is ridiculous. And, of course, if anyone has the Halloween set, you know what to expect. Um, I can just go kind of through these, but we've got the toga zombie. And this is hospital gown ghoul. Or ghoul, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Hospital <laughs> and then, of course, that's cemetery ghoul, Bill Heinzman. I know. I'm sorry. I, I'm like trying to it's like. Hard to, like yeah. yeah. Hard. Of course, there's Tom and Judy. Tom's. uh gas thing broke off a little bit in transit but that's just because it's a prototype. Uh, it's amazing yeah uh, so just just to be clear these are not made of the material that the figures are going to be made of these are resin 3d um yes uh, models so they do tend to snap when when they get mailed so. yeah. I, I, I i love that johnny pose because it's just yeah. I can, I it's, can yeah, I mean, what i love about these is the silhouette is perfect like you got the head tilt like yeah, there's I mean, just when, you you already know what it is without having to even see the detail. That's mm -hmm. key, you know, and it's that's what sets these apart from like a generic army man. You know, you can have just some generic army dude, or you can have like a per like a recognizable person. And this is Kyra, but obviously, yeah, it yeah, up. it's still. I mean, that's that's Karen right there. Mm -hmm. you know? Beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, the um yeah the trowel. I was concerned that the trowel wasn't even going to be able to to uh, it was going to be too small to get pulled off in the um, mold. Yeah, but, it's sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Harry Cooper and Ben. Yep. Yeah, see, Harry's finger is missing. Oh yeah, because yeah. he, he, we <laughs> took the pose where he's he's like you know he's doing that, and yeah, uh, you'll see his finger in the final one. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, undead Johnny or no, yeah, this is undead Johnny. Sorry. Now, somebody in the chat said, what's wrong with Johnny's hands? And 
Now um, I asked, do you mean undead Johnny or 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 living Johnny? They didn't I respond. Think I think undead Johnny, but it's just because his hands kind of twisted. Well, he he's posing. If this is the you know coming through the door pose, yeah, right. So he's got one hand on the door uh, and he's reaching outside. Barbara. Yeah. Oh yeah, Helen, Helen Cooper, <laughs> Marion Eastman, of course. I love that detail. And then she's busted off her stand here, but it's Barbara, of course. Mm. Yeah, we took some liberties with Barbara. I mean, for the yeah. purists out there, don't don't email that her her coat was closed and her right. shoes were off. And it's like <laughs> other, it's like we knew this, we knew this. So with these being two inches and there's twelve of them, we there's always a. Th Thirteenth uh, bonus figure. Now, again, like Joe said, these are in resin, so this one is going to be glow in the dark and translucent when the final. This happens to be a solid color, but it shows you the detail. And this, of course, is George. <sighs> it is so just, beautiful. It is amazing. It's perfect. It's like I just want him on my desk because he's sitting there. You know, like yeah. I mean, you can see the detail. In yeah. it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, One of my favorite comments in in all of the, the various social yeah. media is, "So I'm paying uh, twenty three dollars for a George Romero yeah. figure, and I get twelve bonus uh, tw two <laughs> inches." <laughs> so this again, just for anyone watching, listening, this will be in translucent uh, uh, plastic that glows. It won't be this bright yellow. Oh, and on the back is his son of a gun. One second, his signature. Ah, uh, amazing! That's perfect. So. It really, uh, and just to speak to this real quick, um, the reason why we chose this Romero, this George, we had this discussion internally. Clearly, Night of the Living Dead was 1968. This is not a 1968 George. But we felt that we wanted to honor him, you know, kind of memorialize him. I mean, it's got his name on the bottom. We really wanted this to be a special thing because this was the one that started it all. Yes, we could have made him as 28-year-old George, you know, but we felt like when people think of George Romero, they think of this, George. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, you can set him up, and he's the father of all of this, and you can put all his <laughs> children, if you will, beneath him, and he can just be over them. And we just felt, I don't know, I just felt like it was a fitting tribute to make it in the image of who we always think of as George. I mean, yeah, he has different looks over different years, but I think this is probably the most classic look. It's the yeah. one that everybody's known him uh, in all yeah. the years he's been at conventions. I mean, it's, it was mm -hmm. the standard uniform pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the, yeah. the obviously he's got the, what he's got the loop and the, the earphones and the clipboard, but uh, it's just it's, great. You nailed the glasses too. I mean, that's just signature. <laughs> My first question is there is there any limit to how many of these I can pre-order? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we're just limiting it by time. So we're allowing people to order what they what they want. So um, the, the joke in the toy business is they're limited edition, limited to however many we can sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, definitely gonna have to get a display and uh one for the uh storage. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Gary's a great guy. You know, it is, I have to say. Oh, is Gary there? Yeah, yeah he just put up the comment. It, it's, Wait, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying this just because Gary said this or is watching right now, because I would say this no matter what, but legitimately working with Gary and Jim and, and Image 10 um, has been amazing. Much, very much like Halloween, where I get to work 
very closely with them and it's not so standoffish. Image 10 is the same way. Like literally just being able to call up Gary or Jim and talk and talk about these things. What it does is it allows us this ability to like really share the passion, like other studios and understandably. So when you have bigger studios, bigger properties, there's a kind of a disconnect and you're kind of spending a lot of your time trying to convince people with things with image 10. It's like, they're just with you on it. And it allows us like, it's literally just gives us the ability to say, Hey, we want to do this kind of crazy thing we're thinking of. And we think it'll work. What do you, are you cool with that? And they're like, yeah, do it. You know, obviously they have to approve it, but at the same time, um, you know, they were just so, you know, able to help just allow us to do it, you know, give us the kind of carte blanche in a way. Um, and that's just been really great for us because we can kind of stretch our creative muscles <laughs> doing stuff. Um, and, you know, working with, with Suze at the Garf, you know what I mean? And, and having her blessing on this figure and, and the George shirt and stuff like what an honor to be working with her and continuing George's legacy in any way we can, you know, in any small way. So it's, it's been great. Well, I talk about, maybe you can talk about this, Joe. How does the figures go from concept uh, to actual manufacturing? And I, I do want to call you out. I, you were showing those. Yeah, yes, I knew, so I knew where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they usually start, and these are these are relatively rough because these are these are just gesture drawings. So this way you could see Harry's got a finger. It is the index <laughs> finger. Um, but basically, I send these to my factory just as gestures. And, uh, okay, now we've got the Ben problem. Where are we? Okay. So there's, there's Johnny with the hand. There was my first shot at uh, Jack Russo. And then mm -hmm. there's, there's Jack. And uh, then there was um, hospital gown ghoul. And in the pose that we've had the most detail on. But what... You know, it kind of looked boring, so we um, decided, and this is a little rougher, but we figured it'd be nice if he was chewing on something. So uh, I send these to the factory with 150 pages worth of of uh, stills from the, uh, the movie, which I thought I had I had all the details until Jim Serinello looked at some of the figures and he says, <laughs> "Okay, uh, Karen's shoes are different. Um, this is, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've seen." all of the dead films way over a hundred times. I'm like, okay, Jim. So that was, that was great to have that level of, because again, I, I mentioned I was a Star Trek licensee. So there was an archivist there who had all the stuff if we needed it. And to know that there is somebody who's got that role now with Night of the Living Dead, you know, Night of the Living Dead, the next generation for lack of a better phrase, you know, Jim and Gary really taking this and, and turning it into, um, you know, what it always should have been. Uh, it's, it's been great. So I, so, so I, anyway, I send this to the factory and the factory does the 3d sculpts, which of course, if you've followed our respective Instagrams, you know, at fourth castle, um, you'll see all of the, uh, all the 3d images up close. So more detail than you'll even see in the two inch figure. Um, and then what they do is once that's approved, they take the 3d image and they laser out the, uh, the negative in version of that into a mold now we've talked about these being classic army men and it's a little bit of a cheat because to do army men it's a it's an a b thing you know they have to go like this so when you have um for example uh harry cooper with the uh with the crowbar thank you so much <laughs> here's a little something extra for you um, thank you <laughs> the uh 
you know, Harry Cooper with the crowbar, when we first started doing these, you know, you couldn't yeah. have the crowbar out in front of him. It had to be pressed against him. So the factory has enjoyed working on these projects so much. And I have to say this because they really, they, they're learning about this stuff. All right. I usually send them, I usually send them a link to, to where to see the movie. And usually, and it, it comes up in English, but the, uh, the factory tries very hard to explain just how gross they think some of these movies are. <laughs> but they looked at the Harry thing and I'm like, okay, so we're going to put the crowbar against his chest. They said, nope, nope, nope. We're going to do the arms in separate parts and we're going to glue them, glue them together. And so uh, these are actually like role-playing miniature quality um, figures. Yeah, I mean, these things are intense <laughs> in terms of detail. It's ridiculous. So that's that's, that's how that works. And then um, uh, the, uh, there's an insert that goes in each one. I, I forgot to say that. that um, uh, the guys at Fright Rags, by the way, uh, Joe Guy, uh, Tansky, um, uh, Jason Osborne's brother, Justin. That's an joke. I, I, I write, I, I typed his name wrong on the packaging one day. So, uh, I, we just handle the figures. Typically we would handle the design. We handle the map inside. We handle everything. And what happens is it's plug and play when we're working with Ben and his guys. It's like, I just have to worry about the figures and they make everything else. And, um, and then what happens is we find out how many we're going to order and hi, Russ. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ is okay. Very quick. Cause I know we only, only have a few seconds when I was telling you about how I got the trademark. Okay. Russ, you better be listening to this. <laughs> I go to some convention. I forget where, and I think it was a chiller convention. It was like all the night of living dead people and none of them looked happy, you know, because I didn't know the history of what went on for 50 years at the time. Um, and I meet Russ. I'm introduced to him by Chris Rowe, the same guy who uh, who repped uh, George. Mm -hmm. And um, I say, "Hi, Russ. I have." There you are, Russ. There you are. There you are. I say, you know, Mr. Striner. You know, I'm going up to him like a, like a nervous fanboy. I'm 45 at the time, and uh, I say, I have the trademark for Night of the Living Dead, and he went right into like, "No, you don't." Night of the Living Dead is a property of image of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. This is, this is yours. It belongs in a museum. And um, so I won't, uh, I, I won't, I won't go too far, but Russ has become one of my closest friends, actually, um, in the last decade or so, um, and allowed us to start this ball rolling. Um, taking this $375 piece of paper and turning it into what these guys have been able to do with the entire franchise. And um, I mean, that for me is a, a huge freaking deal. Uh, we went off topic again. I think I told it's, you how hey, we make action that, figures, right? That is a big deal, Joe. You're, you're the man. Really appreciate your, uh, yeah, it, your involvement in that. That's amazing. Well, it's spearheaded. I mean, at least in my mind, it seems it's spearheaded all of this, not just what we do, but all the other things that, licensees are doing there's so many other cool products being put out there obviously criterion put out the movie i mean it's just it's just so cool you know it's just so cool that it became i want to say legitimized even though it's a weird term but like in this realm of legal <laughs> possibility for years it wasn't like that you know well, there are other players who tried to take advantage of the right. you know we still will not call it public domain status mm -hmm. of the film and um 
you know, it got dicey and, and you had to kind of get, you had to corral all the people who were part of it and became like the night of the living dead diaspora for lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm. who'd gone out to conventions, had their own stories and things like that. And their own versions of what went on. Russ once told me, and I'm sorry, this is, sounds like I'm blowing my own horn. He said to me, Joe Senna is as much a part of the night of the living dead family that we should have him over for Thanksgiving dinner. And I said, <laughs> And I said, if I wanted to be with a bunch of old people yelling at each other, I would go to my own family's house for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> but, but that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it would. If Russ isn't replying, I'm going to get my ass kicked on this. <laughs> um, so, but but to corral everybody together and finally get everyone pointed in the right in the same direction, and even so, it sometimes you know I wasn't even you know the good guy in some of those uh, conversations. But for all of us to have gotten over that gotten past it, Unite, and Turn Night of the Living Dead, which is one of the most respected American films of all time, mm-hmm. not just a horror film. Um, you know, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It is. And I am it open is. for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and uh, who is responsible for the, uh, the Romero sculpt? That's Joe. I, yeah. Okay, I don't have the sketch of that. He's not in the book. Romero, mm-hmm. I had to do when I sketch in the sketchbook, that's usually like, you know, in bed with my wife going, all right, I got to do this stuff for tomorrow. George, George took a while. George took a while. So I had to sketch the front and the back and I'll, I'll put it up on Instagram later. Um, and we had a discussion what, you know, we wanted to make him look like a director. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> thanks Russ. Let the ass kicking begin. Um, <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving will be fun this year, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my thing was, you know, Dawn of the Dead is is really, you know, the thing, and I've got a long story about that. <laughs> We've only got three minutes, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I always pictured for me it was always George and the Lucky Scarf. Yeah, you know, which yes. was that era. But that's already been um, that's already been memorialized at uh, at the mall. So this is George, yeah, as as we all knew him. No, it's perfect, and we need figures from his entire life so yeah george through the years nice mm-hmm. nice sizes all all the iterations of george i'm down so, yeah. we'll do whatever we're allowed to do <laughs> happy to do it you yeah. want a 12 inch george you want a 18 inch george we'll give you lots of georges all the george we can get yes to all the above yes. interchangeable pieces you know <laughs> with scarf without scarf you know a mr <laughs> romero head <No. laughs> now you're talking you can take his glasses off. You can take the beard off. You can put the scarf on. Like, come on, let the we need- scarf has heard you. I just saw that comment. The garf- is that? Oh, is that who should? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Happy to be of service. Yeah. All right. Well, one more time for the cheap seats. Let's let's walk everybody through. What do they have to do to get a hold of this amazing set of thirteen figures that you guys got coming out, or not? Well, it'll be coming out in. Uh, so later this year, yeah, the pre-order starts on Wednesday, March thirty-first at ten a.m. That's Eastern time, and it goes through well, basically eleven fifty-nine p.m. Eastern time on April fourth, so Easter Sunday. Um, so we've got five days to pre-order this to to get your order in. Once that time shuts off on on Easter Sunday night into Monday, we turn the product off. You can't order it again, and then we will you know, get these into production and they will probably start shipping out to customers probably mid late September, I would say. Okay. Um, 
perfect timing. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. Um, providing there's this uh, in, import <laughs> deal is, is slowing down by then. Who knows? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. But um, yeah, that's it. So basically, just go to frightrags.com. You got the link there, fright-rags.com, and you've got five days to get it. It'll be twenty three bucks and during the same time, we've got the Night of Living Dead lunchbox. With oh, this, that's coming out too. Getting to talk about that, yeah. So those also, but um, I can't yeah. take any credit because all we do is take whatever Fright Rex gives us and we put it on tin. So, mm-hmm. so. I just we're running out of time, but I want to just show people who don't know what we're talking about. You can go to our Instagram and see the picture of it. This is not—I don't have a sample yet, but this is what we just did for Halloween that is shipping now. And so I want to give you guys the idea of what, you know, these things look like. So this Man. is Halloween. And it's, you know, it's got the embossed. It's got the look there. And then then the thing that really sets us apart is the fact that it comes with a thermos. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the Halloween one that we did in October that we're shipping now to customers. We still have a lot more to ship out. But this is the type of uh, design and quality you're getting. But we're doing it with Night Living Dead. And that will be out, and you can see what it looks like on Instagram. But that'll be out the same pre-order time as the um, as the Nanoforce, so you can order them together. They'll ship together later this year, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. That's that's amazing. And hey, um, I, I apologize if you don't know this yet, but do you know when we'll have a final look at the uh, the Romero figure, the 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 way it'll finally appear? Well, I think we'll get we'll probably get some samples. And well. Watch. Here's here's what happens now is now that we have finally given the factory approval, it takes about um, 30 to 60 days uh, to get the molds made. And it's, it doesn't actually take 30 to 60 days to do the molds. It's just, you know, how long it takes for the factory to get to that because they've got, you know, a whole bunch of projects. Um, so what were we extrapolating, Ben? Because we were doing the math on this, like uh, a month for the... Uh, for the mold, another month or so for the actual production, and then shipping can take a while and stuff. And then the Suez Canal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, you know, soon after or during around the time of production, we'll get samples that uh, we'll be able to take photos of and show right and customers. At least the, the people that are waiting, we can show them. Hey, like this is what they look like. This is what's coming. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just the way things happen. Especially, you've got Chinese New Year and other things happen. It was harder to get the actual pre-pro samples before we relaunched it, but that's, you know, that's just the way it was, but that's okay. And Ruth, my, my one concern is how are they going to pull off those glasses? You know, are they actually going to do the glasses separately and glue them on, or are they going to do the typical? I don't know. Cause I'm telling you right now, these things are amazing. I don't yeah. know. How, I don't even know how I, I'm wondering, I, I'm almost afraid we're, we're building up the expectation. No, no, go back, go back. <laughs> <laughs> building up to, those glasses make the whole thing. And, you know, Bonnie, the, my, my factory person, she usually raises a red flag when they can't do something. And nobody said anything about the glasses. So They look great so far. I mean, these things really came out awesome. So, um, you know, it's funny. It's always great when I'm, I'm a fan of this stuff, obviously. But, I mean, it's as a fan, I'm going, oh, my God, I want this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. This is why we, kind of quality. Why yeah. we got into these stupid yeah. businesses. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, the- wonderful uh, careers. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not just another thing to put out. It's like, oh, and everybody at our office is like the same way. I show them something, they're like, 
when can I get that? When when we have hours <laughs> that I can have? I'm like, <laughs> you know, so, well, I'm not I'm not just saying this because we're in front of you know, a billion people, but this working relationship we have we've had with Ben for the last it's going on a year and a half now since before Toy Fair. Um, despite the fact we've known each other for a long time, this is the worst working relationship I've ever had. He's impossible. <laughs> no, he's horrible. No, he's it's it's fun. This yeah. is fun. It's like it, rem it reminds me of why I did get into this stuff and to be able to be among the fans and, and you know, fan fellow fans, you know, mm -hmm. we all get to play with this stuff. If you yeah. don't, if you think that pushing 60, once I get my box, I'm not going to sit there and I'm going to have like Johnny grabbing Barbara and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While Michael Myers is standing behind him. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and right back at you, Joe, because that's the same way I feel too. I mean, us being able to kind of get on the phone and talk about this stuff and hammer out details or, you know, last minute phone calls about Haddonfield <laughs> maps for the nanophone set <laughs> where we're drawing streets and we're, we're trying to figure out where the houses would go. Like We're actually, Ben is actually sitting there on the phone with me saying, and and it's not watching the movie. He's like, and then Linda makes a left here, and then they go, they make the right turn there. And then on the other hand, I've got Sean Decker who lives in Los Angeles and knows all the actual street names. And he's saying, well, it doesn't work like that geographically. But you got to do it for the movie, not for the actual. So we were like mm -hmm. seeing together this like that diagram. At least with Nightwing Dead, it was a cemetery. That was easy. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God. At least we knew the guy that we could like call. The yeah. That we were able to, you know, call the guy directly. Say, can we use the cemetery? You know. Right, exactly. So, so yes, no, it's been a blast just to be able to work on this stuff. And it's like, it's, it is like a kid in a candy store. Like, look, when I got this lunchbox, I told Joe this, when I got this sample last August or whenever it was, I like, no joke, I like teared up a little when I opened this box. And I was like, I don't even know what to say about this right now. Like, it has nothing to do with, can we sell it, whatever, blah, blah. I'm like, I am so happy right now. Like that was it. Like that was all I needed in my life. <laughs> like there was this thing. So it's just cool to then present it to other people and do other ones like night living dead and, and the other ones we have in the works. And God, God knows the other stuff we're talking about in the future too. It's um, yeah. It's exciting. You know, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff we're hoping. And, and yes, the obvious questions people have been asking, you know, we're hoping. Yeah. So are we, uh, yeah. we, we never, didn't even yeah. have to do that. We're trying. We're trying. We're working out. We're working I, out. I, I love what you guys do. My wife and my wallet hate you guys. Um, <laughs> Your wife yeah. can talk to my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We should probably keep them separate. That would probably turn out bad for us. Um, no, I mean, you got, I mean, guys, thank you so much for, for, you know, Joe, the figures and everything you've been doing over there. And, and Ben, seriously, there's, you guys, just hit a home run every time. Everything you guys do. I wish I could get one of everything. <laughs> I gotta be selective. I understand. Totally. Well, you know, there are these old Fright Rags shirts that I found in the basement that, you know, if, those wholesale from us back in the day. So he still got some literal. No, old... that wasn't. No, that wasn't. Thank you. I was not. I was not pitching. Buy them from me. Hey, Joe, I'll DM you for price. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll DM you for the price. I've already got a one dollar bid above. You mean Flossie. the bid? Yes. <laughs> the bid, the price, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the fact you know this was the before Ben went into the licensing world, but he did it for fun. We mm -hmm. all did this for fun. Yeah. We all started these businesses because we enjoy it. 
They got very, the businesses have gotten a little jaded and a little complicated over the years. So Ben's actually given me a chance to play, uh, you know, the back pages of famous monsters again, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. And then what, what you guys have done with the show, Jesus, yeah. That's awesome. Having having people like us on, you know, a week after you had like real celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, what, on that on that topic, I mean, just we'd love to have you guys back on with the when, when you guys do the next, if and when you guys do the next run, or just for yeah. any Thank any other, hopefully, yeah. any other. The things that you got coming up we'd love to have yeah, you on you, yeah. you guys there was people getting asking for you know other you know obviously george figures for mm-hmm. from other zombie films um y- you guys have an audience you know you guys have to do the work on the back end but you know we are here ready to press that that pay now button um <laughs> well, and, and, i i just wish george made a thousand movies but he made quality over quantity you know every single one you know the the reverence that not the fans have but you know you guys for taking the care and and the love to to put out quality stuff stuff that not only you want but the fans want and and it it memorializes them in different ways that you know now we have figures and you know, you can go to bed wearing George Romero movies and, you know, stuff like that. And you, know, you can wear George Romero socks to work. You know, it's it's stuff yeah. like that that, you know, has just kept him and, and all these films alive all of these years and, and for next generations. You know, yeah. you guys you guys are doing great work. Thank you. Thank you well, very thank much. Thank you very much. a lot to hear that from this group. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an honor. I mean, it truly is an honor for us to be able to do it. So it's it's definitely works both ways. So. Uh, as long as people want it, we'll keep doing it because I know I want it. <laughs> I know yeah. I want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll keep everybody, uh, uh, you know, tuned in and looking geared up for the, the pre-sale on March 31st. And uh, I know I'm going to be have my uh, laptop pulled up that morning. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I, and I, I know we have five a five-day window. Right. I still, you, you just never know. It's funny. <laughs> people are still ready at that 10 a.m. They're still ready yeah. to hit that button. They're not numbered. It's not yeah. like you have to be, I have to get zero, 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 one. I love one. getting right in on that. I do, yeah. I do the thing on releases. I'm like, got to get it. It's that time. Got to get it. But, but if you get it in at 10.01, you still have six days, 59 minutes, 55 <laughs> seconds in case something happens and you decide you want to buy another one. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you got to buy Christmas gifts, you know, you just, right. you're, you know, get it, in, get it in and get it done. Then we, you know what? Cause I'm going to have to go back to work. I'm going to like, be like, sorry, I can't take this phone call. I have to order a George Romero figure <laughs> from Fright Rags. And they're like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. And then I can go back to work. But you know, that, you know, it's, it's the shirt I bought at work. I was like, oh my God, I got to get this shirt, you know? And it's like, you just carry that with you throughout the day. Like when you know, you get that in. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how long it takes. It's like I know I got it in, and I get that email confirmation. I'm like, I'm good. It's kind and, of a, yeah, yeah, a relief. Yeah, yeah. You can't can't move on without it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would ruin my day if I'm like, oh my god, it's ten fifteen. I forgot to pre order those figures, and you kind of have to run back to the computer. And but you know, I mean, that, and, and it's a great MSRP on them. I mean, I, I might. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm afraid. Of how many I'm going to get? So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk to that about point, it. <laughs> to that point, it worked out. It worked out the way this did, direct to consumer, because you know, not having to go through a distributor allows us to keep the price to a point where where it's affordable, mm-hmm. and we actually can make some money and do some more. So yeah, yeah, a set for every room. 
Okay, I'm <laughs> shutting up now. I'm, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> you, you know, you, we're 8.41. You said 8.30 we were going to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, you know? Typically run over. No, it's well, all right, good. guys. No, I, I appreciate Ben, Joe. Thank you guys for coming on, and we can't thank wait guys. To, to get thank our hands you, on these figures. Awesome. And thank you for carrying on the legacy, and you know, yeah. you're doing God's work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We 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 love doing it. We're going to keep doing it, like Ben said. As long as people want it, we can do it. We're going to keep doing it, and awesome. we'll do exactly what we can. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you soon, and we are waiting for the thirty first, guys. All right. Thank you Thanks so much. Again. Thanks thank you, guys. Take care. Sorry, Russ. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. I, I am I am psyched for those figures and that George sculpt is just. I I, I was excited. Now I'm like really excited. Like I I'm surprised. Like just seeing that the one that Ben had, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's that's gonna be it. And and you're right. I'm afraid of how many I'm gonna buy. Because I'm gonna want to have like one in the living room somewhere with yeah. all of his movies. You're gonna need one or two to be out of the box. It, and, you have to. You, and you of, have and to. And of course, you got to keep one in the box. Um, yep. So, uh, and I, even even as is in the green, you know the the form that it was in. I, I you know, I, I like yeah. it like that. So I can't wait to see what yeah. the final version looks like. Yeah. No, I I'd love to see them do that for for anything they can do because they, it, these are fun. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just a, it's not a mini poster. It's not something we see all the time. And it's like, these are fun to have. And, you know, I think like Joe said, it's like, here we are grown men to be playing with little army night of the living dead action figures. And you got the big George and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I love how big he is. And he, you know, cause he, you know, he was larger than life anyway. And I was just, thinking too, outside of that one Don two set of figures and then the board game, this is one of the first where you're getting multiple figures in a bunch, you know, yeah. and then the, in, in the board game, those aren't really intended to be played with. So, yeah. this is, you know, it's a, uh, this is kind of a first in that realm too. Well, it's it's and, nice to get so many all at once. Oh, I know. And like, and like it was said earlier, it's, you're buying a George Romero figure and getting 12 bonus figures, you know, and that's really what it is. And I mean, it's, mm -hmm. but I mean, to see a, you know, a Jack Russo figure and a Judy O'Day figure and a Keith Wayne, like all of those guys, it's just so neat to see them done in this manner. No one's mm -hmm. really done that before for, for a property like night. Um, and even for Halloween, I wish I'd have gotten those Halloween ones, but you know, I wasn't fast enough, but you know, kudos to Ben and, and all these guys. Cause hopefully this is the start and they can just keep this ball rolling. Cause they, there definitely is a market out there for stuff like this. Um, just, Heck just, yeah. just they're, they're, it's artwork. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not toys. They're not little figures. They are pieces of art, just the details they put in. Uh, absolutely love them, and and I'm glad we're getting a a, a George figure again. Just I, I can't speak to that enough. Absolutely. Uh, well, before we get out of here, let's once again we'll mention our April slate of Night Rider shows that we can't actually. Matt, since you cut off last time, I'll go ahead and let you run down the three shows real quick. Uh, yeah. So uh, starting Sunday, April 11th, we have Christine Romero and Warner Shook. Um, super excited to have those two together. Um, that's just going to be a, a, a fun show. Um, and then we have Tasso, uh, Randy Kovitz. Oh, and Randy Kovitz. Yeah. Randy Kovitz. Um, I'm you know, glad you said that. Cause I said that we did have to change the date. I, I believe I said the 10th earlier and it is going to be on the 11th. Yeah. So, so this Sunday, sure. the 11th. So Saturday night, sit down, watch night riders, enjoy it. And then start on Sunday, the 11th. 
um, and hear from Chris and Warner and Randy. I, I think those trio is just going to be fun. Uh, yeah. No, you know, they've known each other for 40 plus years and, and to hear some of these stories from these guys is going to be great. And then on Saturday, the 17th, we have um, Tasso and Tom and, and, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to, to Tom who uh, was in a little bit of an accident yesterday. And we, Tom, hope you're doing well. Um, and, and thoughts and prayers for everybody there with Tasso and his family as well. And we've also added uh, Marty Schiff to that show. And Marty Schiff. So that yeah. we'll be uh, almost have the whole uh, gang of the uh, Joe Bon Tempe's uh, yeah. bikers together. <laughs> Good time. Yeah, I, I just, you know what, I'm so excited, you know, to have these folks for Night Riders because, you know, Night Riders, like I said earlier, is often revered a lot, but you don't see a lot of stuff about Night Riders. And I think mm-hmm. getting getting some of these guys on record is going to be just just fun. You know, it's it's one of those films like I didn't watch a lot years ago, but I have watched a lot more in, oh, yeah. in the last couple of years. And you start to watch it different. And, and I hope, you know, folks come to love it more after those shows. And then, you know, April 24th, Donald mm-hmm. Rubenstein and Ed Harris, King Billy himself yeah, is, is just how, how do you how do you set that up other than saying anything but those two? Right. Um, you know, friends for for 40 years. And, you know, Donald Rubenstein has done great music uh, for George and throughout his career. And Ed Harris is just one of those where it would be a whole show just to list his IMDb credits and, and oh, what yeah. he's done and who's and who he's worked with. And when you go to think about he got really started with George mm-hmm. Creepshow and Night Riders and, and just the the intensity he brought as as Billy. And I, I just I, I, is it April 24th yet? Is it April 11th and April 17th yet? Like we've been and talking the, about doing night, ri- like a night riders series for a while. And yeah. it just happens to work on the 40th anniversary of it. And just, I mean, Chris Romero and, and Ed Harris, I mean, we've been kind of trying to track them down for year, 20 years now. So, um, yeah. and to have them exclusively for night riders. I mean, that's, that's going to be amazing. So yeah. I, I think, I think the, each one of these shows, are arranged perfectly and yeah can't wait to dive into them and we're actually uh we will we don't have a show next weekend so we're, we're kind of taking a week off in between yeah. now at the uh night riders uh celebrate night riders forever celebrate camelot forever celebration and yeah. uh but yeah we are we're psyched actually uh i don't know we'll talk about it we're, we're actually we've got a trip next weekend matt and i are uh and some others are we're going to the Friday the Thirteenth Part Six camp. Uh, uh, we'll put it yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, a long deserved vacation. We we were trying mm-hmm. to do this uh, months ago, and we decided to do something a little different, and and all gather together and and hang out at the camp, and and hopefully no one jumps out of the lake and tries to kill us in our <laughs> sleep. And you know, maybe we'll try to figure out how to actually play that card game and figure out what cabin Jason is in. You know, Ooh, yeah. you know, I got to figure idea. that out. You Good know, idea. Try, you know. Um, you know, try not to, you know, bloody up the camp or anything, but that's going to be fun. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm stoked, you know, get to see you again, you know, for the yeah. first time since, since last summer and everything and, and just hang out. So, yeah. So yeah, we're going to take a nice, nice week off next week, guys. Um, you know, hope you guys, you know, rest up and, and watch Night Riders a few times. Uh, I know we will. And I know Eric and I, when we're together, we're going to be planning pretty hard on, on how to make these shows some of the best that we've ever done. And, and really bring you guys some some really good Night Riders content. Yeah, maybe we can upload a couple of clips from 
from the camp over the weekend. Yeah, we'll yeah, we're gonna that. have fun. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and don't forget um, to go to the website georgeromerofoundation.org and sign up for the newsletter. Again, it's gonna drop next week, so. Sure. Go, go to the website and, and check it out. And, and, you know, with it being a revamp website, we're adding more content. There's going to be more stuff on the website as as the year progresses. So please don't discount the website. Um, and same thing with the Patreon. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of stuff in the chamber for the Patreon, and it's just putting it all together and getting it out there uh, for you guys. Again, you, even a $3 donation ha helps the GAR Foundation out tremendously. Uh, to continue to expand its vision and meet its goals of of cementing George's legacy for generations and helping independent film. So please uh, sign up even at the three dollar level and above, and you know we will give you everything you need um, on Patreon as as a subscriber. Uh, once again, I want to I want to thank uh, Ben Scrivens, Fright Rags, and Joe Senna for uh, joining us tonight discussing these figures get your uh, get ready for your pre-sale on uh Mar march 31st until uh, next time i'm eric and i'm matt we'll see you next time for our camelot forever celebration in uh april see you guys